Blog Talk Radio. It's a beautiful day, American Mentors reporting on America's future. Last week, we took one small step in our individual lives and one giant leap for the Youth USA corporate village as we explored race, the final frontier. We set out on a continuing mission to explore a world of opportunity, to seek out life more abundant, and to boldly grow where no one dared to grow before. In our nation's birthplace, the city of brotherly love, your American mentors encountered a state of the union type question. Why does life have to be so difficult? Youth USA National Director Evelyn Walker Armstrong, age 87, posed the question during a knowledge transfer session with fellow board members. Then, from her own experiences and insights, she answered her own question. It doesn't. We make it difficult. Well, welcome to 2015. A gulf of mistrust describes our State of the Union. Unless we the people can overcome and form that more perfect union. Fifty years after demonstrators crossed Selma, Alabama's Pettus Bridge, protesting for equal rights under the law of the land, 50 years after blacks laid beaten and abused by law enforcement, for the second time in American history, a black male gets to share his minority vision for America's future before an historic 114th session of the United States Congress. In the House, a majority sits waiting to govern from a grand old party point of view. You can tweet us at YouthUSA, like us on Facebook.com slash YouthAchieversUSA, or call in during our live show, 657-383-1405, Saturday, 12 noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. I'm Eric Stratford. And I'm Stephanie Stratford. He's high tech. She's high touch. magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. They were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. 
I firmly believe that every child deserves the same chances that I have. And that's why we're here today. To do what we can in this year of action to give more young Americans the support they need to make good choices and to be resilient and to overcome obstacles and achieve their dreams. And this is an issue of national importance. It's as important as any issue that I work on. It's an issue that goes to the very heart of why I ran for president. Because if America stands for anything, it stands for the idea of opportunity for everybody. The notion that no matter who you are or where you came from or the, the circumstances into which you are born, if you work hard, if you take responsibility, then you can make it in this country. In his sixth State of the Union address, President Barack Obama's vision for America's future may survive the creative compromise of his top aides and best speechwriters to address the most critical issue of our time. To ensure all youth are safe from violent crime is one of six goals of President Obama's My Brother's Keeper initiative. Most Republican members of Congress, most law enforcement officers, most parents, teachers, agree that the nation's top priority is to ensure our children are safe. How far have we come over the last century and how far we have still to go points to that little-known place in rural America where we the people once came face-to-face -face with our reality and our destiny. He's got supporters. Detroit, New York, Los Angeles, inciting large-scale arrests and sympathy marches. I'm very aware of that, Mr. Hoover. What I do know is nonviolent. What I need to know right now What's Martin Luther King about to do next? Mr. President, Dr. King is here. Mr. President, in the South, there have been thousands of racially motivated murders. We need your help. Dr. King, this thing is just going to have to wait. It cannot wait. You've got one big issue, i got a hundred and one. Selma, it is. Here is the next great battle. Selma's the place, and they ready. Dr. King! I tell you... That white boy can hit. We will not tolerate agitators attempting to orchestrate a disturbance in this state. It is unacceptable that they use their power to keep us voiceless. Those that have gone before us say no more. People actually say they're going to kill our children. They're trying to get inside of your head. What happens when a man stands up, says enough is enough? We build the path as we can, rock by rock. Yeah, it's probably bugged. <laughs> it probably is. We must march. We must stand up. You march those people into rural Alabama, it's got to be open season. May I have a word? There's no word to be had. The people. The people. The people. There are 70 million people watching. These pictures are going around the world. We must make a massive demonstration. White, black, and otherwise. Come to some. I heard about the attack of innocent people. I couldn't just stand by. Looks like an army out there. This revolution goes on and on. This 
Selma, 50 years ago, we the people came face to face with our reality and our destiny at a rural community we know as Selma, Alabama. In just a few weeks, the President of the United States will give to Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. That's his job, according to Article 2, Section 3 of the United States Constitution. Perhaps the President will take the time to engage that joint session of the U.S. Congress in an interactive review of the movie Selma. Or perhaps if he can't get an invitation from the Speaker of the House of Representatives, maybe he can just tweet it instead. Now, how a president chooses to report to Congress is totally at his discretion. Nothing requires him to deliver that speech, even though just about every president since Woodrow Wilson has made at least one State of the Union report in a speech delivered before a joint session of the U.S. Congress. Before that time, most presidents delivered the State of the Union as a written report. Well, this year, in this State of the Union, the President will need to engage the 114th Congress in ensuring our nation's safety and security. It's a job they share, and when they fail to do it, they need to be held accountable. The President will need to drive home some misperceptions about race. Not every idea that a black man puts out there is about race. Ever since the economy got off track, leadership has made the point that economic growth and opportunity can only be achieved if America is safe and secure. Well, the President's 2015 budget included efforts to promote the country's security and well-being both at home and abroad. Of course, nothing in the President's budget could prevent the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Nothing in the 2015 budget could buy enough justice for Eric Gardner. And nothing on the agenda for the 114th U.S. Congress will matter if we don't ensure all youth are safe from violent crime. So, perhaps we can all save each other some time and money, since the Republican-led 114th Congress could care less about the president's agenda, and the president is not about to roll over and play lame duck, let's start the year with just one thing we all need to get done. We need to ensure that all youth are safe from violent crime. Let's get this goal passed into law of the land as the top priority for the 114th U.S. Congress. To do this, we're going to need to frame the conversation around something that needed to happen a long time ago. So before we vote on that act of Congress, let's go to the movies. Let's sit down, share a bowl of nostalgia over the movie Selma. Then let's revisit an act by the United States Congress, 109th United States Congress. In Senate Resolution 39, the first session of that 109th Congress resolved to apologize to the victims of lynching and to the descendants of those victims 
for the failure of the Senate to enact anti-lynching legislation. Congress found that lynching was a widely acknowledged practice in the United States until the middle of the 20th century, and that lynching was a crime that occurred throughout the United States with documented incidents in all but four states. At least 4,742 people, predominantly African Americans, were reported lynched in the United States between 1882 and 1968, and 99% of all perpetrators of lynching escaped from punishment by state or local officials. If a majority of good folks in the 114th session of the U.S. Congress can agree to wholeheartedly support and demonstrate my brother's keeper, then perhaps our creation of a U.S. Department of Homeland Security will be justified. Our plan from Youth USA presented in 2014 to the U.S. Corporation for National Service trusted that federal agencies of the Interagency Working Group on Youth Programs were already developing strategic collaborations as well as opportunities for coordination among public and private sectors. Our hope was, and still is, that these agencies are committed to increase public will and policy attention to boys and men of color. Across the federal government, the Agency Working Group on Youth Programs already agreed on positive youth development's definition as an intentional, pro-social approach that engages youth within their communities, schools, organizations, peer groups, and families in a manner that is productive and constructive. It recognizes, utilizes, and enhances youth strengths and promotes positive outcomes for young people by providing opportunities, fostering positive relationships, and furnishing the support needed to build on their leadership strengths. With a working definition in place, a carryover from the Bush administration's shared youth vision, it seems the logical approach would have been for government and philanthropic resources to coordinate around the shared vision. One of the core purposes of the Executive's Alliance to expand opportunities for boys and men of color was to be an apparatus through which philanthropic foundations might coordinate investments, influence, and information to improve the life outcomes of boys and men of color. To do this at a level to effectively counter the threat, at least two additional federal agencies will need to speak up at the Interagency Working Group on Youth Programs. Keeping in mind, the money discovered and claimed by Youth USA was a mere $500,000 from funds committed by the Executives Alliance to expand opportunities for boys and men of color for the purpose of improving life outcomes for boys and men of color, engaging low-income Americans as strategic partners for creating economic opportunities, and positively impacting public policy that considers historic threats to boys and men of color. 
Now, if you can read, write, calculate, communicate, think, reason, and use good judgment, we believe that you are educated. Your diploma, degree, or certification serves as proof that you are educated and therefore trainable. Once trained, an educated person can choose to be an asset and therefore not a liability to society. It would be fair and just to say that being educated is a requirement for 21st century economic inclusion. Your initial training begins with an Internet-accessible version of the Money Smart Financial Literacy course provided by the FDIC known as the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. The federal government's investment in the creation and maintenance of this course adds value to a future core vision for economic inclusion. If you want in on your own economy, take the course and save your FDIC certificates in Adobe PDF format. So, If we can get some winners to pull out a pencil and paper, a calculator, or a computer, we'll walk through the numbers behind your creating economic opportunity. First of all, if you're a YouthUSA beneficiary, you share in all rights and responsibilities afforded to you and other winners at the annual Youth Achievement Awards. YouthUSA has been qualifying economic beneficiaries through this program since 1996. A national board of seven elected directors manages economic programs supported by a $500,000 annual operating budget. Three Youth USA beneficiaries currently serve on the national board of directors. In 2015 and beyond, nominations, elections, and program management activities will be coordinated in the conference center. Cloud-based meeting and collaboration technology has supported USA operations since 2002. A monthly subscription of $12 per stakeholder per month augments philanthropic investment, such as the $525,000 sought from the Executives Alliance to expand opportunities for boys and men of color. Now, here's some math for you calculating winners. The Future Core 7 project, also titled The National Learn to Earn, entrusts four community asset managers to manage economic fellowships for three Youth USA beneficiaries each. That's 12 beneficiaries in fellowship with Youth USA. Each of these 12 beneficiaries qualified by raising a whole village of 20 caring adults for a total of 240 caring adults or stakeholders. Now, just imagine that all 240 caring adults in this MBK, or My Brother's Keeper community, live below the poverty level. The $12 monthly subscription paid for by philanthropic investors identifies $34,560 to fund learn-to-earn activity for any caring adult who is ready, willing, and able to share in a youth's economic security. 
The Learn to Earn activity is managed by a member-owned social enterprise, which values time as well as dollar investments by low-income stakeholders. The company, under development in Youth USA Social Enterprise Incubator, reinvests a value from colonial America at a time when persons of color have been constitutionally and statutorily valued as less than equal. A review of 18th century colonial America reveals a legacy of self-help and resilience through social enterprise. Historically, Free African Society was established in the spring of 1787 here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, shortly before the Constitutional Convention was held in the city. Richard Allen, a Methodist preacher, and Absalom Jones rejected the second-class status blacks were forced into at their white-dominated Methodist church. The men and their supporters wanted to create an independent group to meet African-American needs. They designed the Free African Society as a mutual aid society to help support widows and orphans, as well as the sick or unemployed. They supported the education of children, or arranged apprenticeships if the children could not attend one of the free schools that were developed. This enterprise provided social and economic guidance, as well as medical care, it also helped new citizens establish their new sense of self-determination. While teaching thriftiness and how to save to build wealth, it became the model for banks in the African-American community. Youth Achievers USA Institute, known as Youth USA, is the intellectual proprietor of the 21st century joint venture social enterprise. It's designed to address capacity-building needs for faith and community nonprofit entities. The organization develops user-friendly data collection tools to engage community leaders who are ready, willing, and able to participate. The reintroduction of free African society as a viable 21st century solution entity creates community reinvestment opportunities for corporate, government, and philanthropic investors in collaborative efforts to reduce poverty and to restore trust. Our new year presents a vision of the future for economic security. It starts intentional engagement with historically disadvantaged Americans. On July 1, 2016, historically disadvantaged descendants of Richard Allen's altruistic ministry will gather at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The occasion is the 50th Quadrennial Conference of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. During this event, the historic religious organization will elect bishops and general officers for service throughout the world. The lineage of AME bishops dates back to its first quadrennial meeting, July 1, 1816, in Baltimore, Maryland. The Connectional Church elected Richard Allen as its first bishop and has since continued this electoral process. USA proposed Learn to Earn as a theory of change to promote economic opportunity through national service. Investment in L2E might have valued 
future core as a return on investment in America's future. YouthUSA, as well as the United States government, recognizes basic financial literacy as a critical link for connecting low- to moderate-income citizens to economic opportunity. But let's be real. The one logical, measurable approach to meeting the needs of economically disadvantaged Americans is money in the bank. In case you missed this, economic inclusion is a term used by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, that insures your money in the bank to describe a variety of public and private efforts that are aimed at bringing underserved consumers into the financial mainstream. According to the FDIC, a significant number of people in the U.S. have little or no current relationship with a financial institution. The southern regions of the United States represent the largest population of unbanked and underbanked citizens. For those Americans who have been historically excluded, economic inclusion is the new conversation about race. Economic security or financial security is the condition of having stable income or other resources to support a standard of living now and in the foreseeable future. Financial security more often refers to individual and family money management as well as savings, while economic security tends to include the broader effect of a society's production levels and monetary support for non-working citizens. But if you want to persist in writing a social history of the Obama years, one that captured the day-to-day experience of political life, you would find that the economy, and not race, has saturated everything as perhaps never before. Hardly a day goes by without a mention of employment security or job security, and now, with a Republican majority in Congress, Americans of African heritage are clinging to hope for some other stuff that matters as much or more than race, like debt, health care, and unemployment. Whereas the great themes of the Bush years revolved around foreign policy and a cultural divide over what or who constituted real America, the Obama years have been defined by a nation's commitment to its future economic security. As the 114th Congress begins to govern, one of its top priorities must be restoring trust in one nation under God. The newly elected and the remnant from the 113th Do-Nothing Congress will need to consider the state of the union. Will we continue the chaos or strive to demonstrate community? Understanding the difference between right and wrong ultimately defines America's willingness to inherit that legacy envisioned by the framers of the U.S. Constitution. In the days ahead, we'll want to recommit to some American values, paid for in blood and guaranteed by our laws, 
In the meantime, keep in mind that Youth Achievers USA Institute is a national 501c3 public charity. We develop programs designed to engage youth beneficiaries and caring adult stakeholders in economic security activity where they live, learn, work, and worship. Our mission is to build capacity around youth ages 7 through 24, empowering them to believe and achieve their spiritual, physical, social, financial, educational, professional, and recreational goals. To learn more about economic opportunities, get started today with a free application worksheet to the Annual Youth Achievement Awards. I'm Stephanie Stratford. And I'm Eric Stratford. You're tuned to Youth USA Radio, where time is money. Somewhere out there is a whole village ready, willing, and able to invest in a community asset where you live, learn, work, and worship. Tune in each Saturday, 12 noon Eastern, to Youth USA Radio, or visit us anytime at www.youthusa.net. Every day is a new day, so when you wake up, smile. Whether you live in the inner city or stay uptown, they say no one can see the future, but that's totally wrong. Look in the eyes of our youth and you'll be quoting this song. Indeed, I believe I can achieve whatever I believe I can achieve, which means I can be the one that I've seen in my dreams so many times. So it's up to me to be or not to be. What it'll take for you to get there is prayer, determination, patience, and a little faith. It's clear it's not a race, but a walk in the light with the teachers beyond the class and reaching beyond your grasp, believing that what you have is nothing compared to what you'll gain. If your faith and your efforts can be sustained, no more to be explained. So with that, I'll leave you with this. The key to succeed is to believe. believe. 